Hey everybody! Hi there. We are back after Thanksgiving. We gave thanks. We ate some turkey and we survived. Only a couple two three pounds heavier, right, Squeeze? Yeah, two or three. We uh, I got notice from a couple a handful of people, Squeezer, that uh, it was our best sounding episode ever. So it only took us a hundred episodes, guys, and we did it. We did it. Uh, and we're done. I got a Thanks nice message. Um, I mentioned another podcast that talks about retro stuff on here. And he said, he's like, I listened to it. And even though their production value is very better, you guys are just so much better. You guys sound like you're actually friends. And so he likes us better. Wow. But, we are really good actors. Oh. Nah. Uh, don't uh, say uh, Jokes. We jokes. are no, bestest of friends. Yeah, we have to be. We spend every living moment together. Um, I don't if know. we had a choice, folks. If we had a choice. If we had a choice. Uh, so he uh, he also said. Um, hold on, let me pull it up. I'll tell you exactly what he said because I have a horrible memory. He said he's glad I finally got the audio dialed in right. Chunk uh, eighty five, you are welcome, and I can't wait to see. He's promised a little. Uh, promised us a little surprise. I can't tell you what it is, but I told him I'd, I'd stay quiet. But Ooh, I like surprises. Uh, as long as they're good surprises, I don't like bad surprises. So a couple of people on Instagram replied to, "We, you and I did a tour of uh, the Just Born, yes, production line today. Uh, mm-hmm. That now I very apparently." Very few people are allowed to do. Squeeze. I didn't know that because that is not my first time on that tour. So. Um. Oh yeah. You, well, you've done it. You've done it before for another another gig. Well, I think. Yeah, I even think it was for them. I think it was like a safety video. All kinds of runs together. Uh. So. We were on the line. Oh, well, we were in the we were in the factory, and uh, we walked by these old. Uh, just born just born makes peeps and mike and ikes and peanut chews and there were the old mike and ike from 1992 boxes that had like cherry and bub jolly joes and straw banna and lemon mel and i just had to take a pic so if you check out the radier story it's on, it should be on there till tomorrow oh uh, yeah there it is look yeah. at that i saw that yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool yeah some uh, cool stuff Cool day. We got to eat a peep off the line. It's definitely fresh and delicious. If you like peeps, I can only eat one, and I, I started going into a diabetic coma. Yeah, I, I immediately I watched you like from start to finish, like eat it, and I just like I felt myself go flush, like because I don't eat a ton of. Uh, I'm not a big sweets guy, except for Mike and Ike's, because they're the the greatest thing in the world, and. Got a big giant bag of them, and they were delicious. But uh, yeah, like the peep right off the line was kind of like uh, when Bart and Milhouse are uh, having the uh, all syrup squishy. Yeah, uh, that's it's kind of like that. I'm surprised we didn't sign up for the Boy Scouts. 
I did. <laughs> Again. Um, I, I'm now a scoutmaster uh, for my local troop. I just kept thinking of that scene from King of the Hill where Lucky, who was told Bobby he hasn't lived till he had a corn chip off the line. <laughs> and he tries to break into a corn chip factory and then fakes an injury and says he won't sue if he can let Bobby eat a corn chip off the line. Uh, it's great. I was more excited for the visual of it just because it looks cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And and for me, it worked. That that's a plus. So we had a cool, a pretty good week. Uh, Enchantress and I, I got to spend all Sunday. It's a rare Sunday off. Oh, nice for you. Watching, we watched football and the Vikings won. Um, I mean they've done that before. I mean they got to Newfoundland. <laughs> I mean it was a couple hundred years ago couple thousand right 100 was it i thought the vikings were well thousand i don't know history like you you know more than me uh so yes i we really more drank at a bar with friends than watch football but that's what football is all about right absolutely yeah and yeah so that was fun uh monday i worked with i did a commercial with the one and only oh uh christine taylor I oh, name dropping. Yeah, I'm going to name drop only because our listeners are probably fans of her Nickelodeon show where she got her start. Hey, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was and I and I could report back that she was nothing but a really sweet person. If if a celeb's kind of like a dick, you know, we deal with someone unless it's I only what who who have I thrown under the bus besides Alabama? Uh, The band. Yeah. Uh, or, oh, we've been over this, the state or the band. They both kind of, yeah. I've, I've thrown um, Alabama under the bus. Who else have I thrown under the bus? Uh, I try not to. But. Huh? No, I think that my Alabama might be the only one that you've ever actually shit on. Okay. Well, I could have. I mean, on. I like on air. I mean, pretty much every single one of them you shit on, like just to me. Just because uh, I have to work. Yes, and but to air your grievances and not worry about backlash, Alabama is a safe bet. Yeah, Alabama. Um, but I could report that Christine Taylor is nothing but a sweetheart. It was kind of jelly. I saw the picture. Yeah, she even got, though it looked like you were just a cardboard cutout. Right. She with the way the lighting she, was. I, nor, I, it's a rule in our industry to not take pictures with mm-hmm. anybody, uh, and I make it a rule in life. Um, in Chandra's only, uh, but. She insisted on a picture with all of us, so uh, we acquiesced, and we all awkwardly stood there while she she posed and looked what looked great, and she's surrounded by a couple of us. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not one for pictures with people. Yeah. Um, if I do, it'll be like a selfie from like 20 yards away, like where I'm out of line of sight, and they're signing autographs at 25, 50 bucks a pop. Yes. And they'll be like, "Oh, look." Uh, I'm not even uh, that. Hacksaw Jim Duggins in the background. Oh. And, you know, and, oh. I learned on yeah. uh, something to wrestle. I'm getting all my bingo marks out of the way right away. Mm-hmm. The, the day. On something to wrestle with this past weekend on the Royal Rumble 88 show, Hacksaw, for the longest time, uh, he didn't travel with the 2 by 4 He'd just look around and try and find one in whatever venue they're at. Well, did you listen? You listened to Jake the Snake interview on Rogan, right? I did. I was. I wanted to ask you if you heard it yet because I wanted to talk about Allentown getting a shout out for yeah. yeah well, I saved. I saved it for my my road trip over the weekend. I wanted yeah. to listen to it then, and oh, it, it's. 
I told heartbreaking. If listen to that show, yeah. it's just awesome. Listen to him going. I didn't know there was. I, I mean, I knew it wasn't like you know the same Damien all those years. But it was like every ten every days. Ten days. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Pritchard kind of went over that, but what uh, what the craziest thing about that uh, was how awkwardly horrible of a person Jake the Snake was, and how Joe Rogan kind of just glassed over it whenever he yeah. said something completely inappropriate. Uh, uh, yeah. But um, I, I said <laughs> there's a few very uncomfortable, oh uh, extremely God. inappropriate, grandfatherly racist moments. Yeah, great. Yeah. And then uh, it, it felt it felt like I was back at Thanksgiving, like uh, if I was warm and fuzzy. He uh, he talked. I was telling Enchantress, I go, Jake, the snake brought up Allentown. You want to guess what he was talking about? She goes, hmm, steroids. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hoping for a GW Motor Lodge drop, but I didn't get that specific. You could uh, Bruce has mentioned it. Uh, that's that's the place where I told you where famously Andre the Giant passed out from drinking in the lobby, and they couldn't move him, so they just left him there, <laughs> right in the lobby. But uh, yeah, that's my dad used to tell me as a kid, because my dad's a good dad, <laughs> that <laughs> whenever we passed the George Washington Motor Lodge, which is now a Home Depot, that he'd be like, "Oh, right, that's where Vince McMahon runs the steward ring." So it wasn't that much of a secret, uh, but Jake kind of verified it uh, on Rogan. Uh, so yeah, it was a good, good, good week. Um, except for last night, we were supposed to record last night. Um, Zach Wild, I mean, you're good at guitar, but fuck, man. Uh oh. Yeah, I'm burning you right now. No, he's and he's a nice man, and he was nice to everyone backstage, Squeezer. But four and a half hours of guitars. I was and I, I'm I'm fighting a cold. I, I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear it. I was a tired boy, and I was supposed to be home to you. To I know. Podcast I know. And to snuggle with Enchantress and Olive with one eye and Schmuffin, and I got home and all they wanted was their goddamn wet food because it was late. We couldn't mm-hmm. we couldn't record, so here we are recording a night late, but. Uh, other than that, it was it's been a it's been a good week. We're getting we're getting close to Christmas, so that's obviously what we're talking about tonight. We're starting our mm-hmm. Christmas episodes. The last two years, we kind of only gave you one or two per season. We're giving you five this year. And I don't. I think we always intended on doing like long uh, Christmas season episodes. Just we kind of it catches up to us. It's like oh shit, Christmas is here. It sneaks up on you, just like yeah. Thanksgiving this, this Day year, football I, game. I feel like I know it's coming. Yeah. Even though I'm not prepared at all. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I started trying to quickly get prepared, but, uh, I don't think I, I think half, yeah, it's going to take some time. I got to get there. Gotta I'm going to go, uh, all Clark Griswold and do lights tomorrow. So that's my, that's my big, uh, we, we got the house, uh, we got the house decorated uh-huh. and we put the tree up and Olive was in it within, did I send you the, the picture? No. Yeah. Olive was in, climbed into the tree. And she was in it within um, five minutes of us finishing decorating the tree. She likes, like a, yeah, like a puma. Uh huh. She likes to knock ornaments off, and yeah. she likes to uh, pull the the ribbon and garland off. Uh, you know, she's just generally generally fun. So I'm gonna get you a catnip ornament. Yeah, here's a, here's a pic. I'll put it in our story too, so everyone could see it. Uh, so I made the sand. I made a. I made a little 
animation last night. I'll have to show you. I was I was working on a new banner for the Radiers website, and um, and I because I have I I don't know if you could tell the Halloween one which is still up has Schmuffin in it at the end, around a pumpkin, so I was gonna put a little cartoon olive in, and I wanted to have her popping out a tree, and I wound up making a video Christmas card, for Enchantress and I to send out. Um, so I'm gonna put some version of of that, not the animation, but little olive with one eye popping out of a tree. On our website, because I am starting Squeezer on December 1st, the 25 days of cereal. Oh, I thought you were going to start making just cat memes for a living. Oh, God. I, I did that before. There's I a market cats. for it. Yeah. Remember how excited I was when Grumpy Cat was at Comic-Con? Yes. Yeah, that, was... <laughs> that was the highest security I've seen for any guest there. And the biggest line. Yes. Yeah. So did you see all oh of my God. How dare you? Like I have, I have pics of like you know, like I said, hacksaw and the Godfather, and Million Dollar Man from like a distance because you right. can snap one. Like if you even pulled your phone out, it was like going on the line today. You right. had to leave your phone like in the office. You couldn't take it on the factory floor. You couldn't bring out your phone near Grumpy Cat. No. There was Secret Service there. They would tackle you. Old and, and drag you off. is uh, pretty. Pretty big talent. You see, did you get your picture of Olive in the Tree? I did. It's absolutely adorable. Now, did you watch the animation I made last night during Generation X? No, I did not. No, it was... it's it's right there for you all to see. Um, and uh, what I was working on for all you video nerds, if you want to hear it, was a simple wiggle expression, and that's how I got the tree to shake. And then I went even further and even further, and I'm like, I could actually do something with this. Olive with one eye is adorable. Mm-hmm. Did you? So I made a little animation. So I'll, I'll put something <laughs> like that on. What? You weren't cutting the show? Uh, what? <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I could fucking multitask, Squeezer. Jeez, lay off me. All right. Well, then ride my mic while I'm slurping coffee. Well, I don't know when you're slurping coffee. You're supposed to have a button on there to do it for yourself. Oh, yeah. You're supposed to ride your mic, sir. Thank you. I, I get it. I'm going to take some time over the holidays. I'm try to get my setup together. We're getting there. We're getting there. Slowly but surely. I got a lot of old shit in my basement now from cleaning out my dad's house. So. Perfect. Yeah. It'll dampen the sound. Do, do you need any uh, any tube TVs, anybody? <laughs> you know what? Tube TVs. If you, if you would have asked me a week ago, yes, but, you know... <laughs> Uh, someone else got to me first. Ah, damn. Uh, shall we start actually talking about the show? We can do that. What right. show? You're first. Tonight's show. Okay. Here's the tonight's show? Uh, with Ryan and Squeezer. You know, I noticed something, again, when we're there referring to old shows that Just Born has had peeps featured on. They're like, the old Jay Leno show. It goes to my saying that they should just stop calling it the Tonight Show. Call it Fallon. Yeah. Call him by the person's name. Yep. That's all it is. All right. I digressed. Here we go. Squeeze his first pick. Gun! Raj, meet you in the corner. If these two cops can stand each other... I keep getting into trouble around you. The bad guys don't stand a chance. You ever met anybody you didn't kill? Well, I haven't killed you yet. Mel Gibson... Danny Glover. We better register you as a lethal weapon. Lethal weapon. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 6th. 
Nothing says Christmas like Lethal Weapon. Absolutely not. And I almost tend to forget just because you, you directed think... by Shane Black. Shane Black hasn't done a movie that's not set at Christmas time. Even Iron Man 3 is set during Christmas. Uh, good point. Um, hmm. I like it as a backdrop. Like, Lethal Weapon didn't have to take place during Christmas. But it adds an extra little depth, a little flavor uh, just to your setting. Adds yeah. a little life to it. I think it's a good tactic for some people to make a movie evergreen, too. As True. they say in the industry. Yeah. You still have to make uh, a good movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, same thing. Die Hard's a good movie. Uh, and Lethal Weapon, a uh, good movie. Lethal Weapon, a uh, Christmas movie, action Christmas movie before Die Hard was an action Christmas movie, to be fair. Um, that is fair. Also, they also were the... They did the whole slow motion, uh, shoot the bad guy as he's pulling the cop's gun uh, at the end of the movie as he's being arrested or whatever. You know, close I, enough to it. I prefer spoilers. Le spoilers. I I like this movie, Squeezer, but I prefer Lethal Weapons five and six. They made a five and a. Well, Wait. <laughs> the gang on Always Sunny made five and six. Oh, five. Oh, yes. And they're full episodes. They're freaking great. I'm not gonna lie. Two, they're, they're, I, I've seen them all. They're all good. I'll watch them all, and it's all it's because it's the the characters, it's it's the uh, 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 form the what what do you call it uh, when two guys have like a rapport together that that uh, can buddy cop. put on a good show. Well, yeah, it's a buddy cop film, but you know, two hands. When, when when two people have that thing repertoire, chemistry, chemistry, yeah, yeah. We gotta find a show like that with two guys with chemistry. Well, um, all reports say you and I have it. Ah, uh, well, I've gotten some reports myself. From who? Uh, oh no, I meant like report cards and shit. Uh, and they weren't always good. Uh, in chemistry. Yeah, in chemistry. Actually, I was pretty good in chemistry. I was right. Well, of course you were. A little psychopath. Yeah. I was ready to defend us right away. I was I'm, like, who said we don't have chemistry? I'll kill them. <laughs> uh. No, actually, I kind of I didn't get the best of grades in that because I would fuck around too much because they would want you to like you know follow the lesson plan and do shit. I'm like, no, I want to do chemistry. I want to explore and blow shit up. What's this um, blue crystal you're making, the squeezer? <laughs> I only made it through halfway through the first season. Um, I, me too. I just was cannot can't. Pass there's on just a too, too much going on. Um, but yeah, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover just, uh, you know, they're fantastic. And like the the way they paired them up, and they said like within an hour of them just doing a read, uh, Richard Donner's like, "Holy shit! Like we have something here." And you, you can, and it translates to the film, uh, the way they just work together, and it, it's just, it's hilarious. I I love this movie. This is the first movie I ever owned on DVD. Uh, when I bought my DVD player. I bought myself. I, I maybe it was in a Mel Gibson kit. The only pro well, yeah, we all were because I bought, the I Patriot, bought, I, Braveheart. I, I bought my my DVD player, and my first two DVDs were Lethal Weapon and Road Warrior. The only problem with the Lethal Weapon DVDs were they were in that shitty Warner Brothers cardboard. Oh yes, that didn't yep. line up with the rest of the clamshell cases too well. No, no, and and you want to talk special features? Well, it had a menu. 
Was it one of those discs that had four by three on one side and sixteen by nine on the other side? I, I want to say it. I think did, it yeah, was. Yeah, it did. So there was no design on it. It just no, had to read no, the center. Nothing. It's like it's a just, record. Basic bare bones uh, DVD. But at the same time, I felt like I was in the future because it was like, wow, it's like a laser disc but small. Uh, My first one I owned was Ghostbusters, obviously, and then Mallrats. And Mallrats, I think, was just an imprint of and one of those DVDs you hear Kevin saying like fuck DVD because they're doing the special features for Laserdisc and he had a huge I think it was Chasing Amy he had a huge Laserdisc collection <laughs> and uh, uh, the, uh, the Chasing Amy was Criteria in the original release so there was tons of features on it uh, but yeah I digress uh, but yeah and then uh, for me too like the I mean the, it just opens up it's very Christmassy I mean, what says Christmas more than uh, Jingle Bell Rock, uh, boobs, and Christmas lights? I mean, nothing. Yeah, it's all you could ever want. It's and, then it, and, you know, and then you get that warm, wholesome ending. It's all sweet and stuff like that. And you, you get the good Elvis version of uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas. And then what Christmas movie doesn't work out, doesn't you know, have a cat and a dog uh, fighting with each other. Mass hysteria. I think it's mandatory. Mass hysteria. Living together. Yeah. Um, and then, like, and just, uh, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to MacGyver uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah, um, we, we discussed there would be no MacGyvering any of these movies. There would movies. be no MacGyvering. Um, but for me, there's also, like, a sense of realism in, in this one. Like it, just the way like the fights were coordinated. The the original script actually was really over the top with giant set pieces and stuff, and then it got toned down more and more. And there's a, a sense of like gravity to it, um, that just makes it more enjoyable to watch compared to. There's so many other you know, buddy cop films and other action movies from the '80s that were like so ridiculous where it was almost they were becoming a parody of themselves. This one was more grounded. Right. You know, and especially like the fight scene at the end, you know, because it was, um, well, e even the end, like it, it was the most, I don't want to say anti, it was very cl uh, climactic, but uh, realistic. Like when he, he finally, he chokes him out with a triangle, with a leg triangle in 1987. Like, that's not a thing. No one saw that. Now it's like you see it all the time, you know, in, in MMA because it's popular. But it's because Horian Gracie, who is the older brother of Hoist Gracie who won the first UFC, was one of the fight coordinators on it. They brought in like four or five different fight coordinators and trained Mel Gibson and Gary Busey in all like real like grungy street fighting tactics um, to make – they wanted this fight. They didn't want it to be like a, a – uh, I don't want to shit on Bloodsport because I absolutely love it, but they they didn't want they didn't want a big like over the top ridiculous fight. They wanted it. It looks like a real fight. That's what it would look like if two guys were fighting out in in the front yard at Christmas time. Oh, I'm okay. sure some of you have probably seen this in your front yard at Christmas time. Um, trying to think back, but yeah, like it, it looks like a brutal, violent altercation. And and that's what sells me on it is just the the <laughs> sense of like realism that comes with it, and more and more now I'm like I I love that scene more and more. 
All right. Good first pick, Squeeze. Thanks. Uh, but I will argue with you Uh-oh. that Lethal Weapon is not Dick Donner's best Christmas movie. Superman's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> May I present this to the jury? This holiday season, Bill Murray gets Scrooge. You are going to be visited by three ghosts. A ghost? Tomorrow at noon. Now, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. So don't miss the party. Scrooge. Hey, back off, big man. I may work with the checks, but not with me. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 23rd at theaters everywhere. So I've, t- I've talked about Scrooge before, but I can't mm-hmm. not do a, mo- uh, a list of my favorite Christmas movies without talking about Scrooge. I saw it when it came out, obviously, because if there was a Bill Murray movie that came out when I was a kid, we saw it. <laughs> um, and this uh, obviously was directed by uh, Dick Donner, even though reportedly Bill Murray and Richard Donner uh, hated each other and it created a lot of tension on set. Um, uh, he he just hated Richard Donner and what he was trying to do with uh, I felt like the whole TV version of A Christmas Carol that was kind of in the background uh, to, to drive the plot mm-hmm. was, was the movie Richard Donner really wanted to make <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nonetheless it's a brilliant turn by Bill Murray and it was it was funny because he uh he was an he took a, like a hiatus from acting, and he came back. Just this was his first movie uh, since his hiatus, uh, his big triumphant return. And uh, I, of course, he ad libbed tons of lines because that's what Bill Murray does. Mm-hmm. And um, he it's it's also like the first movie he carried on his own. Like there was there was no Chevy Chase. There was no. Um, you know Dan Aykroyd. There was no supporting cast in there really for him to work off of. He he was really left. Huh, a, that's true. Yeah, this was his first big movie. He had to carry on his own. And um, yeah, the end of the movie might be one of the best endings in all movie. When he breaks the fourth wall and he's just he's he starts by talking to the the television audience, but it just ends up he's talking to the. The, the audience who's watching the movie and he's like, you know, he's like, let's hit the guys, like the, the men, the real men. All right. The women, let's hear them. And I, one of my favorite lines. And as a kid, cause I loved uh, little shop of horrors is when he's like, feed me Seymour. <laughs> um, and I thought it was like his first big acting role where he had to show more range than Bill Murray really ever did. People talk about Rushmore being that, mm-hmm. you know, which led to, uh, the Sofia Coppola movie. What am I thinking? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Japan. Yeah, that, exactly. Uh, the Sofia Coppola movie. She did. Oh, what the? Now it's gonna kill me if I don't don't find out. Oh, Lost in Translation. Lost in Translation. Yeah. I I had that on DVD as well. It's a great great movie. Um, but yeah, I think why a lot of people will credit those for his big turn as a dramatic actor. I think he. Um, I think he, you could count this. Uh, and this is, it was his first starring role since Ghostbusters. So, Ghostbusters kind of pushed him in the, 
taking a better a good role. I mean, he was great. Mm -hmm. Ghostbusters is his best movie in our uh, most opinions. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is a great retelling of uh, a Christmas Carol, and my favorite, and actually the, the only one I could. I might I might go see a live version of it someday. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I'll take the little squeeze at sometime. I think she'd like it. I would think. Or I'm sure there's somewhere out there there's a uh a fluffier version of a Christmas carol that could be uh you know, put on. Yeah. Yeah, there's um a couple versions that you know we might talk about. A little later oh, yeah. on the show. But. That would have been a better transition if I would have put it there. I yeah. didn't think that through too much, did I? <laughs> It'll be later in the show, folks. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll know exactly. You'll be like, oh, that's what he was referencing. Yes. But, but instead, he's referencing where we're going to go to this movie. This holiday season, as you gather around the table, remember to duck. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll get that toy. Sinbad. This man is totally insane. Thank you. And everyone else in town. These two are looking for a Turbo Man. Are all after the same toy. Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Turbo Man. Oh, good baby. Jingle all the way. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Friday. Poor baby. Ah, oh, jingle all the way. So, I'm going to be honest with you. Honesty is always the answer. Sure. Yeah. That's always the answer. Uh, I didn't see Jingle all the way in uh, said rad years time period. It was quite some time until I'd seen Jingle all the way. Well, it came Probably out in the like late 90s, right? uh, 96. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, it was probably 10 years until I actually saw Jingle all the way. Uh, um, but I felt like I've seen, I had seen Jingle all the way. Because the promotion was so over the top everywhere. You saw this commercial, these trailers everywhere. I, I got it. I was good. And at the same time, wow, did you just put the mic right on the bottle that time? No, it's just a good mic. <laughs> I'm far, pretty far from it. Um, like it, You basically got the whole plot point, except they went a little too over the top at the end. Would you agree? What, the like movie? They, yeah. I mean... Like, they kind of just jumped the shark and just made it, like, uh, they basically tried to make Iron Man uh, in, like, the last... Yeah. <laughs> the climax. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the whole... You have to kind of suspend disbelief that if you're at a toy store and you're holding one of these dolls and someone the size of Arnold Schwarzenegger is running at you, you don't drop it, piss your pants, and run the other way. <laughs> That's a good point. Um... Fair enough. Uh, I I do enjoy that they used Sinbad as a bad guy. Oh, me too. I think I think it's what makes the movie. They originally wanted Pesci. Oh no no, so it had and, to be Sinbad as a yeah. man. And it would have been I I think so. They went with Sinbad because they actually wanted someone that kind of matched Schwarzenegger in scale and size. He's tall because yeah. Sinbad's a pretty big dude. Um. And they didn't want, I don't I guess they wanted to make Arnold look a little more normal. So they needed someone a little bigger to match his scale so he's not, like, towering over. And he would almost seem like more of a bully, you know, if he's stealing a toy from Pesci. Yeah, I guess so, you know? yeah. 
And also, like, the whole, it would be too much, like, I was thinking it'd be too much, like, twins, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, Danny DeVito, yeah. Like, yeah, that, like, little big guy, little guy Although, kind of thing going Although, now that you say that, if Danny DeVito was in it, it would have been a much better movie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree on that. <laughs> we did get Phil Hartman. Yes. Phil Hartman at his absolute pinnacle of being an absolute creep. <laughs> Uh, he's just fanta- a fantastic douche in this film, uh, being the divorcee neighbor trying to hit on Arnold's wife. Um, Speaking of the Iron Man references, the post-credit scene before it was a po- before it was a thing. Oh yeah. The what did you get me for Christmas <laughs> from his hot wife? Um. Uh, and so there was also and the, the cool the really cool thing about this is. They made Turbo Man. You know, like they got to create an entire little universe. Of, they got to create a comic book character. They got to create a superhero. And like the prop department, you know how much fun that would be where you can like have the basically play toy maker and, and not worry about it not succeeding like all those guys would. Um, like you hear the horror stories on like the toys that made us. Right. Um, and the stress that comes with it, but to be able to do just the fun part of that, but right. instead have the stress of trying to make a Hollywood movie. Um, but yeah, they, I think they made somewhere in like, they, they were, they were accused of making this movie to sell, uh, Turbo Man toys. Right. And they're like, no, we made like 200,000 of them and like no one bought them because there's actually real toys out at the same time that. This was actually happening, you know. Right nowadays, about. Turbo Man would have been made and sold like Fye for adult collectors. Yes. Um, oh, just gave Fye an idea. Um, so uh, originally, like the idea came from uh, going back to I guess uh, to uh, Cabbage on, Patch right? Dolls and, and Power Rangers were the two big influences. Um, over the the crazy drama that is uh, the you know, Black Friday nightmare. The The best part about this is as this movie came out in 96, do you know who else hit shelves in for Christmas 96? Was it Tickle Me Elmo? It was Tickle Me Elmo. Right, that's why I just, yeah. It, it was brilliant. Like the way it coincided, like they weren't planning this. No one knew that that was going to happen, but it's almost like this, this came out in November and it's almost like they foresaw, you know, that it would be the most insane holiday season and I maybe, you know, since Tickle Me Elmo, it's there's been worse. There have been, you know, more shortages, more uh outbreaks of absurd violence and ridiculousness. But we still I would think we right, we still look at Tickle Me Elmo as like the the watermark. Yeah, the high watermark. Uh the high watermark of of Christmas season Furbies uh, bullshit. Too. Furbies too. Furbies. Yeah. Um, do you think, but I, and I think, I think also because the, the tickle me Elmo itself being like ridiculous and adorable and cute and the hee hee, you know, and then just the, the the awfulness surrounding him is what, do you you think at the end when Arnold is turbo man flew up carrying his son, if only he would have dropped him, we never would have had star Wars episode one. Uh, I was thinking that. Well, someone pointed out that uh, uh, Terminator saved uh, 
Anakin Skywalker. I I don't guess it's yeah true. Well, Terminator should have went but, back in time and told him not to get him that toy. Maybe he yeah. Would've... Why why was Terminator trying to kill John Connor when he could have tried to kill Anakin Skywalker? <laughs> he could have killed fucking Jake Lloyd in this movie. And... Well, Jake Lloyd was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, but he was horrible as Anakin consider. Skywalker. Look, George admits he's not a uh, actor director. He is a uh, effects and sequence director. So, um. We could all tell, George. You didn't need to tell us or admit it. <laughs> now, this is pod racing. <laughs> I just wanted to punch a hole in my screen as I was saying it. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. Good point, Squeezer. And can I commend you through two picks on not uh, MacGyvering your way through this? Oh, thank you. Oh, we're getting there. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. I'm saving it for the end. All right. Okay, my next one, I'm going to have to tell you a little bit about it because it's just so it's such a ridiculous 80s movie. Uh, it needs it needs some context. So, here it is. What are you? I'm an elf. An elf. Yes. Me. My it's time to see the miracle, to hear the whole legend. The prophecy has come to pass. It's time to feel the adventure. It's time to fly with Santa Claus. Alexander Salkine presents Dudley Moore, John Lithgow in Santa Claus the movie. Seeing is believing. Starts Friday. This fucking movie. Leave it to the French <laughs> to make the scariest fucking Christmas movie. Did you see this movie? I remember this. I think my grandparents had it, and they would want to watch it because they loved Dudley Moore, of course. Yeah, it was it was right in the height of Dudley Moore mania in the fucking eighties. I think yeah. it was a it was British American, but I know two French assholes made it. Uh, Paris-based father and son team of Alexander and Iaia Salikin. Whatever. This movie was fucked up. Uh <laughs> Some elf went rogue and was with some guy, some toy maker, trying to take over and uh, 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 Christmas. And the thing that used to freak me out was the candy canes that made you fly. Oh, it's been I I haven't seen this in probably. I was so creeped out. And one of the 25, 30 years for some reason, I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because we we just grew up with it and and we went through the horror of it going away. But I always remember scenes that happened at the Twin Towers. And there was this one scene in it where the uh, Santa's letting this kid fly his sleigh. And then he takes it and shows him a trick. And he does this like like barrel roll th around the Twin Towers. Um, and which you think he's going to fuck up because Donner's like a little, a little scaredy cat. He's a fraidy cat. Oh, Donner. Uh, but yeah, it's like, a, it's a, you know how filmmakers, even when the first Spider-Man came out, like one yeah. of the promo shots was him webbed up between the two twin towers. Um, the Simpsons used it. Uh, the critic used it. I, I mean, I, it was, it was, it was the iconic New York. Yeah. But uh, I always remember scenes like that. The, uh, Dudley Moore was all over with this British drunken ass in this. The best like parody of Dudley Moore uh, they redid the that movie too with that other drunk, right? What's his name? They redid Ar Arthur with. 
Oh, uh, yeah, the what's his name? Uh, the the guy from Get Him to the Greek. I don't remember. His yeah, name. kind of fell out of acting. Uh, he was kind of funny, but I don't, I don't know. Dudley Moore too kind of didn't last long. Uh, he was just his whole gig was being drunk as as Arthur. I like how that was endearing. Like, yay, alcoholism. Yeah, well, he was. Those were pretty big. Those Arthur movies. Yeah. He died young. He died uh, in 2002 at the age of 66, Dudley Moore. Wait, was it really? Too? I thought it was earlier. What? That he died. Like, I thought it was in the 90s. I don't know, 2002. Huh. Uh, he... Um, had that uh, degenerative brain disorder, though. So yeah. He had to stop acting. Um. This is, a, this is a fun pick. Well, it, it gets worse. I have a worse pick. That's even more depressing. But yeah. David Huddleston. What do I know him from? I don't know. Are we talking about... Uh, oh, he was in Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. That's it. Uh, of course, On the John Lithgow one. plays the bad guy. Um, yeah, David Huddleston plays Santa, Santa Claus. And um, Burgess Meredith plays the Ancient One, the guy who names Claus Santa Claus in the movie. It's um, it's a weird. Should movie. I go? Should I go back and watch it now, being like older and maybe not so like weirded out and scared of it? Yeah, I I I did a few years ago, and it's it's fucking weird, man. Uh, right. I'm gonna put this on my to do list. But it's, it's not. It's Christmas. I make myself watch. I watch Christmas movies and. Yeah, watch uh, Santa Claus the movie. It's um. I honestly, when you said, I thought you were doing the Tim Allen one. What is it? That's called the Santa Claus. Like it's a pun, right? No, it's Santa. Wait. Yeah, it's the San the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen ones. Oh, Santa. Like there's a, an e at the end of that. Yeah, it's it's a. Pun. No, I'm just learning. Yeah, it's, a, it's supposed to be a pun. Like, there's a clause that he killed Santa, so he becomes Santa or something like that. Holy shit. All these years? 1994. What year is it today? That came out in 94? Right, 94! Fuck. Holy shit. No, that did not come out. Well, yeah, that's true. It was during, like, the height of, like, Home Improvement. Yeah. Nine years after Santa Claus the movie. Wow. 94, so it's then six years to 2000, and we're 18 plus two. 24 years ago, or I could have just done 18 minus four, two, right? Wait, how long? 94, six, right? I was right, 24 years ago? Holy crap. Wow, I'm old. Meanwhile, I'm old, and I'm still scared that I'm going to eat too many of those candy canes that make you fly and float off into space for the rest of my life like <laughs> John Lithgow did in the end of the movie. That's what literally scared me. Aw, poor yeah. baby. I was a scaredy cat. Uh, but I, 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 this just blew my mind. I had no idea that it was Santa Claus, but like Claus. Yeah, it's a pun. But looking at the poster, the E is like, you know, painted in there. To Like, geez, how did I not pick up on that? Or maybe I'm just that dumb. You're or right. I have no concept of how to spell. You're a sweet boy. I did used to have a tutor because I was so bad at spelling. <laughs> You're a sweet. Because I didn't care. I got the point across. Who cares if it's spelled right? Well, it's that's modern. I mean, now we just use little pictures. We we've gone back to ancient Egypt. 
That's a good point. His hieroglyphics. Call him emoji. They made a movie. Apparently, it was horrible. All right, your next movie. I, I don't know if people have heard of it, but here it is. In their rush to the airport, the McAllisters overlooked one minor detail. Now, his parents have a problem. I don't care if I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike. I am going to get home to my spot. Two burglars are in trouble. We know that you're in And Kevin's in heaven in the funniest movie of 1990, Home Alone. Rated PG. Now playing at theaters everywhere. Is there a better, more warm, fuzzy, uh, meatloafy comfort food of a movie than Home Alone? No. Yeah, it's. This is up there with my like go-to. If it's a good snowy, cold day, you put Home Alone on, and you're set. This was this was one of my original beanbag movies with Ninja Turtles. Like when I okay. there's nothing else on. I'd slip in my beanbag chair with some cold pizza and pop in either Ninja Turtles or Home Alone. This movie really makes you want pizza, too. With yes. That little Nero's delivery. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I just like watching people eat pizza while I and, eat pizza. And he, and he describes how badly he just wants his own cheese pizza. Oh, just, and that, that cheese pull. Mm-hmm. Like, they do it just, oh, that's so great. Do we need it's to, like, everything you want. In, like, this is... So, you know, as kids, we didn't we were never short of imagination. Um we didn't need a a, a movie to come along and like like tell us th- this is uh this is what you should do or this is what you need to do to be entertained, but we we had all this stuff in our head. This is what we wanted. But then someone went and put it on film for us. Right. It's like they like we had all the parts and stuff, and they laid out the blueprint, like literally at one literally, point. He actually, lays out the blueprints, uh, micro machines, and a so movie. Like, this is what you want to do as a kid. Yeah. And you just don't want to clean up at the end of it. I guess no. he didn't clean up Buzz's room, so no. can't do everything. We're not perfect. Uh, and they they even show they even throw in uh I, even as a kid like I was bummed like oh he misses his mom I wouldn't miss my mom. I want to be alone. And then uh, when I think back into my wiring, it, it I probably would be fine, actually. I probably would be absolutely fine. Uh, yeah. Until I run out of potatoes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, duh. Who's going to uh, get your potatoes if you run out? And I mean, my so I, I love... And of course, you know, my favorite aspect of the whole movie is like the planning, the plotting and uh, not not even the the uh, actual like break in, but the whole sequence leading up to like the preparation scene. Right. Um, like and and, and scored to uh, by John Williams uh, set, to setting the trap. I just bought that off Mondo. They re-released the special edition on Mondo. You listened to it yet? I haven't gotten it yet. Uh, That's it's, oh, what happens when you buy it, a soundtrack from though. I don't think... I, I was about to say, I don't think John Williams gets enough credit. Um, so <laughs> I think he's billed before all the actors. <laughs> so you have John Williams doing the score to this, who they didn't initially want, because they, they never even thought to get John Williams, but the guy they wanted wasn't available. So they go to this guy named Steve, 
who is friends with this guy named John. So Steve talks to John. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. And then next thing you know, you have John Williams scoring Home Alone, which, look, it's a great movie. It would always be an awesome movie. But without that score, it's not the same movie. No. Um, There's something special about it. And in my head, like, and like for what we do as a living, where I basically, like, my day begins and ends with doing, like, the setting the trap scene, running cables, climbing up shit, up and, you know, just with the opposite effect of not tripping and hurting people. Um, but, like, in my head, that track is playing constantly in my head. Like, I... F- how, that's how a lot of my day goes by. I want I wanted to be Kevin McAllister so bad. Who didn't? Um, Order your own pizza, eat all that junk food, mm-hmm. all those crunch oh. taters. I had I had my treehouse. I tried to make I tried to make a uh, uh, what do you call those things? Zipline. I tried to do that uh, in my treehouse, but it was only I had one of those like freestanding ones, and it was connected to the tree, but it was only like three feet from the branch to like the post. So it was a very short zip line, but I did it. Um, I actually took off my bike handles to do it as well. Uh, mm. not a fan of the spiders. I can do without that. Yes. Um, but yeah, is there anything? And then as I got older, I, the church scene, I appreciate more and more like yeah. uh, that, like him, uh, it gives us like the scary, yeah, and he's talking to the neighbor yeah. about about his his granddaughter and is falling out with his son. And like as a kid, I'm like boring. Let's get to the awesome stuff. But as I got older, I'm like, God, this is it's just a beautiful scene. I absolutely love it. Um, and then probably him also buying a toothbrush, which is great. But yeah, I uh, there's. I can't think top three uh, for me uh, Christmas movies uh, of of all time. I definitely got to put home. Home Alone might be. I think Home Alone's number two. Because uh, my number one is you know locked in stone. That's yeah. We're gonna an absolute. Well, uh, That's for, getting its you, own your episode. Chris, your Christmas present to all of you is that we're talking about that for an entire episode, but. Now, Squeezer, I, we decided who was going to take Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. And because of one reason, I took Home Alone 2. Mac is back. And tonight, Macaulay Culkin takes you behind the scenes of his new movie, Home Alone 2. You'll see exclusive, never-before-seen footage. Talk to stars Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, Rob Schneider, and everybody's favorite homeboy, Macaulay Culkin. All right, the pain meister. You'll get a sneak peek at the movie America's been waiting for, the making of Home Alone 2. Tonight at 7 on Fox 5. Tonight at 7 on Fox 5. All right, this movie has Tim Curry in it, so I knew you're not allowed to watch it. Oh, it's... This is one of those I get a pass just because it's, you know, fantastic. Even though that there's a, a Pennywise reference in the movie? Is there a Pennywise reference? Not really, movie? but she he tricks uh, Tim Curry into thinking his dad's in the shower with the clown balloon. Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, okay, so Lost in New York, uh, instead of, you know, obviously, instead of being home alone, he accidentally gets on the wrong plane and goes to fucking New York City. 
What an excellent way, though, to get to the basically the same premise, but slightly differently. Sure. I know. And uh, Christopher Columbus wanted to film two movies back to back because uh, Macaulay Culkin was turning it old and they, they were losing his soul. Uh, but mm-hmm. Fox thought it would cost too much money. So they balked, made a third one with some kid no one knew and a bomb. So there you go, Fox. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Uh, my favorite thing about this movie, aside from all the different like the 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 spray gunk that what is it the foam gunk the all the toys he gets and all the the talk boy and all that cool shit was oh yeah the talk boy that was huge his room service bill <laughs> two chocolate cakes six chocolate mousses with chocolate vanilla and strawberry ice cream <laughs> topped with M and M's chocolate sprinkles cherries nuts marshmallows caramel syrup chocolate syrup strawberry syrup whipped cream and bananas six custard flans a pastry cart eight strawberry tarts. 36 chocolate-covered strawberries, all costing a total of $967. <laughs> Great purchase. I don't know if you noticed. A couple things to mention in this movie uh, mm-hmm. that I don't know if you noticed. Um, the tax and gratuity on that bill was $239. Like, what the fuck? $239 on 928 so that's why it cost 967. 700. That's like 30%. Yeah, that's a big tip. Holy shit. All right. Also, Pepsi was the big soda winner in the first movie with Fuller drinking too much Pepsi and he's going to wet the bed. Well, oh, Fuller's yeah. running around in this movie drinking a can of Coca Cola. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah. Coke must have ponied up some big money to fucking get, get the rights of this game. Uh, I don't. THQ, the video game maker. Made mm-hmm. a mousetrap style board game for Home Alone 2. It's called Lost in New York, the action contraption game. I've never, ever seen this. And the kid on the front has the worst bowl cut ever. Hang on, action. You can get it on eBay for like 20 bucks. Um, two. Oh, I was going to say from the first one, I did have the original Home Alone board game. And I, I, I loved it. And But I never used it, at, played it as the actual game. Like I would just kind of play. Home Alone using the board game pieces, and like the board game, like in the house. I was a, I was a nerd. Huh. I and I didn't have anyone to play with. I had the Home Alone game for Game Boy. It was really fucking hard. The first one. Uh, did I have that? So of course we all know that the Talk Boy was a, a not working prop in the movie, and it was kids wanted it so bad that Tiger <laughs> figured out a way to make it, and it was like a huge. <laughs> Uh, selling point. Uh, wow, that is a very, very blonde bowl cut. Yeah. Oh, is this, is this Schmuffin? Ah, oh, welcome to the show, Schmuffin. Schmuffin, you haven't been on the show in a while. I know. Uh, so, also, uh, a little, little tidbit about this movie. Uh, I read the novel, the scholastic novelization with eight pages of color from the movie before I saw the movie. <laughs> I got it from... Uh, was it a reading? Did he have to read a book so you found a book to read? Yeah, probably. I was so excited um, to read it. I was like, oh, my God. And, you know, just in the movie. But I think I read it so slow. I, I don't remember. I just oh, know. I, I was remember I'm reading sure, the book. like, English teachers hated me because I would do the same thing. Yeah, like, we, we, you we have had the to read a book. To so I would just read too, the... Also. Yeah. Um... And then, yeah, I actually read the movie 
the movie-eyed version, if that's a word, uh, the Jurassic Park like book. I, I read them both, and but I read so I saw the movie, then I read the book, and then I you know read the movie book. I'm like, what the hell is this? You know, at that point. But I used the movie book version for my class project because uh, it took me forever to read the book because it's a lot of pages. Did you know that? It's like over 100. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know that scene in the plaza lobby where Kevin like slides across the floor? Mm-hmm. They had to remove the carpet uh, from, the lo- from the lobby of the plaza so that he could do that. Now, the owner of the plaza hotel at the time liked it so much he never replaced it. I guess he was too busy campaigning to become the president of the United States. Uh, he also had a small cameo in this movie, uh, but he would tell you it was a um, huge cameo. I'm trying to think of who you're talking about. I can't. Yeah, no one big. I'll Google it. Uh, and apparently this the big thing that came out of everyone who worked on this movie was it was like the coldest set of all time. Cameras were freezing. Not like freezing like nowadays where they, they, they stop riding to the car and mm-hmm. you have to reboot them. They were actually frozen. It was so cold outside because a blizzard hit. Uh, uh, what year? Was this 92? I believe so, yeah. A blizzard hit right it- before the movie started. So a lo- they used a lot of fake snow, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of the snow... Is it came out in ninety two, so they probably filmed it in ninety one. Ninety one. But a lot of the well, snow, snow is real in it, huh? Or like probably the the bulk of the snow, and then they just did a light fluffing over top of it because we all know how ugly snow actually looks. Like yeah, right. Two hours after it 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 falls, as soon as like it's, it's plowed, it's beautiful, it and then and then the plow and salt comes through, and it just looks like crap, and then it kind of half melts. So, yeah, I always wanted to be lost in New York. I mean, I kind of was when I was up at the school there, cause, and I probably had as much money. I know Kevin had definitely had more money than I did when I was in New York. But you didn't have your dad's credit card? No, if only. Probably would have killed me. Uh, Macaulay Culkin was paid $4.5 million for this. Damn. 12 years old. It's pretty good. And uh, also Joe Pesci apparently uh, treated Macaulay Culkin like shit. Really? Yeah. Um, he said it's because Macaulay was pampered by a lot of people, but he, he wasn't going to be one of the ones who pampered him. I mean, you he can do that and him. still be nice. Yeah, well, he would be. He would never smile, and Pesci told him to shut up. Like I, that's how I talk to kids, and kids like me, I guess. I tell uh, Enchantress's nephew that uh, if, if he touches any of my toys, I'm going to lock him in a cage in the basement, and he's going to have to live there the rest of his life. Yeah, all my... my... All my toys are toys now. Yeah, I so say they're look-upons. They're not to be touched. Yeah, uh, that's the way it's meant to be. They're toys. So you know the the the, the toy store that they're in, that really cool toy store. Yeah, we got the but but it's like I I always felt uncomfortable with it because to me it felt like a fake toy store. Well, like because there aren't like it to was, me it's like it was a fake toy store. Duncan's Toy well, Chest. Well, I I know that, but what I meant was like. It was like one of those, like, it's full of, like, wooden trains and shit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. where's my action figures? Where are my video games? Yeah, where's the He-Mans? Yes. At that point, where, 92, where's uh, the Batman figures? Yes. Well, apparently all the kids who are extras in the toy store were allowed to take their favorite toy home. Oh, cool. Um, But they took it out of their pay as part of their salary. Oh, <laughs> it's, come on. 
Come on, it's the movie business, not the All movie right. charity. Ah, uh, good point. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's a couple things about Home Alone two. Um, now, now, did you actually get the the price, the merchandise price, or the prop, uh, the price in the back end? Oh, I'm um, sure it's like the net and gross version. Like they got the net cost, not the gross cost, yeah, or something. Like a toilet seat on the submarine. Right. Uh, so next year we should definitely review Angels with Filthy Souls and Angels with Even Filthier Souls. <laughs> I was thinking about that. As our like, does that count as a Christmas movie? Yeah, keep the change, you filthy animal. Uh, how in how many times do you say that as a kid? I still say it all the time. Oh, I, yeah. You know what I say all the time. My sister and I do it all the time. Look what you did, you little jerk! From the first. Oh, movie. It's, isn't it such a great line? Yeah, what a dick. And Uh, I I never got why why Kevin was so hated. <laughs> like, like I get it. He's a little he could be a little annoying kid, but wow, for your family to really just outside of your mom and dad, uh, pretty much everyone in your family just wants you dead. Yeah, that's that's true. And it was a, it was pretty much a basic remake of the first film, but you do what works, right? Oh, absolutely. No, and and done done brilliantly. Like they stepped up and somehow found a way to give him an abandoned house to, you know, basically commit murder in. Um, it, they they stepped up the uh, uh, the traps to the point where I, I don't think there is a single one what uh, wouldn't have either m murdered either of them. Yeah. Probably. Uh, the 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 lead pipe to yeah. the face. Yeah. Um, Marv being electrocuted down to you know where well, you just it, see it a was, it flaming was like, skull. It was like the Looney Tunes, you know. It's, yeah, it was adorable. Yeah, like uh, Wiley Coyote. Um. Oh, I uh, I'll check the I'll check this out after the show. Doctors diagnose injuries from Home Alone too. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. All right. Well, that's something for all of you to look at. But in the meantime, here is Squeezers. Here's what we. Here's a callback to what we talked about earlier. Smooth transition. You're welcome. Get ready. The Muppets are coming to theaters in the family movie event of the year. Be serious. All your friends will be dropping in. There's Kermit the Frog. Merry Christmas, everyone. Miss Piggy. Whatever. Gonzo and Rizzo. Hey, 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 like the lamb, not the rat. Everyone's got the holiday spirit. It's creepy and kind of... Walt Disney Pictures presents from Jim Henson Productions, The Muppet Christmas Carol, rated G. Starts Friday, December 11th at a theater near you. Come on, Scrooge is more kid friendly than this movie. Ah, uh, who doesn't love a who doesn't love a Muppet? Uh, that's true. I'll I'll agree. Um So we got this was the fourth, I think. Let me think. It went uh Muppet movie, Muppets Take Manhattan. I feel like this should be in your notes, squeezer. It should, but it was. I wasn't. I wasn't planning on going into this, <laughs> so, but my mind kind of went. Um, Michael Caine uh, is our Ebenezer Scrooge in this, oh. uh, and I think he's fantastic in it. Did he say Let's... at any point he wanted a ruby the size of a tangerine? Uh, 
No. Okay. He said bah humbug. Oh, well. Yeah. I think he improv that line. Mr. Wayne. <laughs> uh, he's, he's phenomenal in it. Also, uh, but the two actors that absolutely steal the show are the great Gonzo and Rizzo the Rat. Yes. In my opinion, carry this movie. <clears throat> I could, if you just did a cut of just Gonzo and Rizzo doing their thing, uh, I would just, I would absolutely just watch that. Uh, so all the characters do their little, uh, have little cameos or play key roles. Kermit and Miss Piggy, of course, are, you know, the Cratchits. Um, and then uh, you have uh, Statler and and Waldorf uh, play. Uh, uh, they play the ghost of Marley. They double them up so they yeah, can get two. Uh, the ghosts of Christmas, uh, past, present, and yet to come uh, are original Muppets that they created for it. Uh, originally, they wanted to try using like the other Muppets, but I'd, I don't remember what their line of thought was, or they didn't really discuss it, why they thought it would be better rather than uh, maybe taint those characters that everyone kind of already knows. And just kind of create new ones for that and then use all the others uh, throughout the film for either just bit parts or, you know, or key roles. And in this case, Gonzo plays uh, Charles Dickens. So they they didn't just make uh, Christmas Carol. They kind of took it from uh, off the pages and used Gonzo as the narration and so he's kind of walking you through it, being part of the world as well, interacting with stuff and, you know, getting knocked out of windows. And and then also he brings uh, Rizzo around kind of as your uh, Greek choir, your slapstick, your relief. And the two of them, I, I just think, like I said, they steal the show. I think it's the best part of the movie is, well, I'm also a Gonzo fan. How can you not love Gonzo? Right. Um but it's a really funny film. It's a really cute film. Uh, and, you know, you have your musical, you know, parts to it that I can always do without because no one just breaks in the song in real life. Um, also, no one is, a, you know, a blue anteater-looking kind of thing or an anthropomorphic frog, uh, to be fair. so. And then, of course, uh, Tiny Tim is played by Robin, who is the scrappy do of the Muppet Bunch, so you can always do without that. But yeah, I, I, I love me a good Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I really don't watch it as much as I watch other Christmas movies, but it's, uh, it's a good Definitely one. go, definitely, it's definitely worth a go uh, and check back. I, I, I didn't want to throw myself under the bus. I was watching some old Muppet shows because uh, the little squeeze that came across uh, some old DVDs. Uh, I, I prefer the movies over some of the original shows. Maybe it's just me. They 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 aged a bit, you know. Some are good. Some are a little. They didn't know when to end the joke. I'll I'll go that far. Muppet Christmas Carol does not. And, and spoilers, spoilers. Uh. Uh. Scrooge uh finds uh the meaning of Christmas. I'm and sorry. I just had to. There's no reason for me to say it. For me. It happened. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, uh, I forgot. You know, this was supposed to be a uh, a made-for-TV movie, actually. Oh, was it? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because, like, like, a lot of Muppets, uh, 
movies were at the time, like, you know, Muppet Family Christmas, stuff like that. Uh, and then when they finally got a, a script and they started looking for money for it, and Disney came along and like, shit, we can do something with this. And, uh, yeah, Disney bought it for a, a, a theatrical release. Of course, it had to go up against, I think, uh, Aladdin, which is kind of a dick move on Disney's part. It's like, uh, and uh, I forgot what else the, the other movie it went up against. But, yeah, it didn't It didn't do great. I mean, it made its money back and more. I think it made, like, $27 million on on 12. So it, it's not fantastic, but it's, you know, it's it's one more uh to add to the the holiday uh ledger. And I I think is I think it's a definitely a a, a very good family holiday watch. Right. And if you and if you have to watch a Christmas carol movie, uh go Scrooge. And and then you can go Muppet Christmas Carol. But I don't think I could ever sit down and watch like a legit telling of a Christmas carol. Um at least on cellophane. Yeah, that's that's true. Scrooge and this Muppets are your your two best bets. Uh, all right, shall we move on to Let's show. my next pick? Here's an unconventional one, but for me, this is a definite Christmas movie. <laughs> How you doing? Eddie Murphy, the funniest man in America. Once you have a man with no ladies, you never go back, baby. In Trading Places, the funniest comedy of the summer. I can see! I can see! I have, le- I can- I have legs! Dan Eckert <laughs> and Eddie Murphy in Trading Places. Some very funny business. Freeze, slimeball! Moi? Trading Places. Rated R. Starts Wednesday at a theater near you. So for me, one of the biggest reasons this was a Christmas movie is around Christmas time, my mom and dad used to, my mom used to make my dad drive us around town to look at Christmas lights. And occasionally she'd make them drive to Philly to see all the lights there. But what my dad would do, since we were big fans of Trading Places, would point out all the places from the opening of Trading Places and in Trading Places to us uh, that we were driving past. So even though it's Christmas itself, it always had an extra special Christmas tinge for me because it's a big Philadelphia movie. It takes place in Philly, uh, of course, New York, and then um, the Caribbean at the end spoilers uh but this john landis picture was supposed to star a two different guys squeezer richard pride and gene wilder who were the hot ticket at the time mm-hmm. uh, but i guess richard Pryor wasn't available and um after 48 hours they wanted to use eddie murphy and you know um Dan Aykroyd was friends with him because of Blues Brothers, uh, so uh, he it was perfect, perfect mix. He would later on do another movie with Bill Murray that was huge. That that it was kind of like I think exists in the same universe because uh, the Mortimer and uh, um, Randolph Duke were in Coming to America, another one of my favorite movies. But uh, there's a lot of. Uh, Good, good parts of this that are very Christmassy, and even 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 uh, New Year's Eve. So, Jamie Lee Curtis promoting Halloween was recently on the Nerdist, and she was talking about that scene on the train where she comes in. She's like, "I'm from Sweden," and he's like, "But you're wearing lederhosen, aren't you German?" She's like, "No, I'm from Sweden." So, leading up, she read the script, and she told John Landis she didn't know how to do 
a German accent. She couldn't do it. She didn't do accents. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. She's like, you don't want me to work with the scripts, uh, a voice coach or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 that's fine. So the day of, she went to him. She's like, hey, we talked about this. I don't know how to do a, a, a German accent. He's like, well, what, what can you do? And she's like, I guess I can do Swedish. Like, oh, my name is Vata Vata Vata. He goes, I right, do that. That's funny. She's like, yeah, but doesn't make sense. He's wearing leader. He's like, who cares? It's funny. But that's where <laughs> that's where you got that whole improvisation. Like, but nice. you're wearing leader hosen. Uh, and and he had to fight to get her in the movie because the studio was like, no, she's a scream queen, like she does horror, and I'm like hmm. no, no, um, and she's fantastic in it. It's funny how they just they're so set in their ways, like they don't. Not even. Well, you don't want you don't want to take risk. Yeah. You, know, you, you you make the smart play, and that's what she does. So that's what you. So uh, they basically give out the plot in the beginning of the movie. With Mozart's Marriage of Figaro playing at the beginning, hmm. uh, you know how it's the opening sequence, all the morning routines in Philadelphia, and then uh, ending with uh, Lewis uh, being served breakfast in bed by a servant. That the Marriage of Figaro is about a day of madness in which a head servant conspires to expose a scheming, skirt-chasing employer. And um, uh. He uh, whistles when when Lewis um, is on his way to work. He's whistling "Say Vous Belair," which is uh, I probably butchered that, but uh, it's an aria uh, where from Figar- Game of Thrones. No, Figaro declares, "I'll overturn all the machinery," foreshadowing the film's ending, where they you know fuck over the Duke brothers. Then um, my favorite thing learn I learned about researching this movie is that there is well, on Wall Street because of this movie there's an Eddie Murphy law uh, based on the commodity futures trading in 2010 the banning of using misappropriated government information for commodity markets trading uh, it was technically not illegal to 2010. And it, the Eddie Murphy rule went into effect as part of the Wall Street Transparency and Accountability Act of the Dodd-Frank Wall Street Reform and Consumer Protection Act. Okay, what does it actually do, though? It prevents you from uh, like taking like a government report about orange juice crops mm-hmm. and using it for trading. Hmm. So, like, if if the government has a report on like like agriculture, like pig farming, and they know sure. that bacon yields are going to be slow, and you somehow get a hold of that. That's kind of that could be called, I guess, inside training now. Okay, but how how do you how do you know? Well, if you get caught, it's like how uh, it's, uh, all Wall Street does things illegal. It's just a matter of getting uh, caught. It that's a good point. Wasn't illegal before, and now it is. And hmm. um, in 2012, when Al Franken had to reveal all his uh, financial records because he's a senator. Uh, you found out that he still gets royalties for that movie because <laughs> he's the baggage handler with the gorilla. Wow, you worked that out. Yeah, probably not much, but probably like like seventy five cents here, seventy five cents there. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but uh, also uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd and, and uh, Eddie Murphy caused billions of dollars in trading to stop. Uh, they were going to shoot where the real stock traders performed with some extras at the World Trade Center's Commodity Exchange, mm-hmm. a Comex. Um, Ackroyd and Murphy were supposed to perform on a weekday during actual trading, 
But uh, in the production notes, you could see that the two stars distracted business activities, causing six billion of trading to be halted. That's fantastic. Yes. So they rescheduled it to film there over the weekend when the trade what trading wasn't not happening. Yeah, that would make why why wouldn't you want to do that? And uh I still don't huh? I understand. Like I don't know anything about like what trading commodities, but I still don't understand what they were doing with all those like pieces of paper. I don't get it. Like if I can if I can sign in on a website and do it myself, why do you all have to be standing there yelling at each other? <laughs> And I mean, then, I get it when it was like a chalkboard and like seven guys. Well, how was that? How was that like accounted for? And like, I don't know. It wasn't. It was all J.P. Morgan just fucking with people. I guess, but like, like honestly, how do you account for any of like, how, like every time like they sold something, how did like the stock automatically start dropping? Like, like where? I don't know. Could someone teach yeah, us it, about? It, Yes, Comics. is there an is there an economist out there that can give us some? Because like to me, like I get it, I I get like how it works, but I don't get. It's almost like well, la ti da. It's well, no, no, I meant in I like the base like social studies and like like I understand it in like seventh grade social studies, but like, is it almost like you just have to have like faith in the system for it to actually work, right? I guess. Like, it's almost like you're, like, just following along the charade. Like, it's... Yeah, you know what? I, I don't I don't understand it at all. And I don't... Like, I don't get, like, okay, so uh, we didn't do so well this quarter. So everyone's like, oh, sell, sell, sell. Like, yeah, but you might be doing better next quarter, so why does anyone sell anything? Well, I think some people will... Sh- I don't know. I can't speak. I don't. Yeah. You're talking about two dummies who make a non-living talking about old stuff. Right. Um, We lose money doing this for you, the people, because we love you. Just just like the stock market. Just like the stock market. Uh, But yeah, that's... We are the stock market. Trading places. If you've never seen it... Do yourself a flavor and go back and take a look at Trading Places. Good Christmas movie. Not really Christmas movie, but, you know, still. Uh, all right, Squeeze, ready for your last pick? Oh, we- yeah, sp- speaking of a good Christmas movie, not really a good movie, but um, definitely a Christmas movie. Uh, Dennis Franz tells us himself. Your wife's plane? They're going to run out of fuel in 90 minutes. L.A. cop John McLean is back. What are you going to do? Whatever I can. Because old habits die hard. We are just up to our neck in terrorists again, John. On July 4th, Die Harder. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 2, rated R. Ah, trailers back in the day. Um... I went through looking for like a good trailer. It's just not there. Mm-hmm. Wow, they really just—they had a formula, and it's just let's pull some random clips and throw them in. Let's not build any suspense or tell a little story or anything. It was just throw it all out there. Yeah, right. Uh, it was. Um, 
So Die Hard 2 is actually my first Die Hard experience. Oh. I saw Die Hard 2 before I saw uh, Die Hard Uno. I um, saw... Probably because this was always playing on a Saturday or a Sunday I saw... uh, afternoon. I saw Die Hard 1 first, but I saw Die Hard 3 before I saw Die Hard 2. See, I saw Die Hard... Oh, we had, this is our, we had a Die Hard 3 reference earlier today when you were... Were you referencing um, Cutting My Throat? Um... I think you're because of the situation. You're gonna cut my throat. Okay, fair enough. Makes sense. Um, that that brutal scene where she does the little twirly thing with like the sickles. Right, and you just grab oh. her hand and like that's enough. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's enough. Uh, Die Hard too. Good throat cutting scene in it. While we're on the on the subject, that and of course they're all wearing like white in the trailer, and I just remember being completely grossed out by that. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it. This is the first because I've always seen a TV edit, and this was the first time I'm with my dad watching it, and he's looking at me, and he smiles like he he looks at me, he goes, "Ready? This is gross." I'm like, "What?" Because I've never seen it before because they always cut away because it's TV, mm-hmm. and I was just like mortified, like, "What the hell is happening? I didn't know you could do that. What? Why did they do that to him? He was mm-hmm. a nice guy." <laughs> um, oh, little I, squeezer. I uh, yeah, I would be an awful bad guy. I'd be a terrible terrorist. Um. So Die Hard 2, uh, it, it's uh, kind of like uh, Die Hard 1, only not on a, in a building, but at an airport. And also not, not as uh, sharp and uh, smart. There's uh, where you can look at Die Hard 1 and break it down, and it's like a uh, – uh, what's that word that smart people use to like – Good good but no like it, it speaks to the greed and corruption of the time and it's like uh uh you know one of the introspective if you will uh of of the era uh die hard 2 is an action film and that's bad that's that's about it but it does take place at christmas so it's a christmas movie um hence dennis franz uh ripping up his ticket it's christmas yay and then uh you know they he's, he's the, a the hot camera commodity. What's that? He was a hot commodity back then. Yeah, he was. NYPD uh, Blue. This is ninety. When did uh NYPD Blue start? Uh, right after this. In nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. All right. So, uh, so there's a little bit of time. This was Die Hard Two was ninety one or ninety. Um. Yeah. Why was Dennis Franz so hot? Well, he got hot after. Uh, he got hot after uh, NYPD Blue. I remember. Uh, he was also Chicago Story was pretty big. Okay, yeah. Oh, you also had Fred Thompson, who became a senator, and uh, Reginald Vell Johnson. Of you have uh, Carl. Type he's cast. back for a brief, brief, brief cameo. I believe he photocopies something. Uh, and oh, then uh, one uh, of my personal favorite of all time, you get John Amos in Hill, here. Hill Street Blues Squeezer. Oh, okay. That's was he really in Hill? That's right. He was eighty three to eighty seven. Um. But I am a big John Amos fan. Uh, I think he's fantastic. Uh, probably one of the most gruesome deaths, too, in, uh, in most of your diehards. Uh, it's up there. It's uh, is In your top ten list of not wanting to go out that way, I'm pretty sure being sucked into a turbine of a 747 is up there. Where is it? Do you think it would be just really quick? Yeah, I would hope so. 
I would hope so too. But it, it, you see the look on his face. He knows what's going to happen. Oh yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to get sucked into a jet. No. That would be pretty awful. No, I don't either. Yeah. But, and you also, you don't see that turn coming. Uh, there is a, that little bit of conspiracy to it with the, the red tape, blue tape, uh, with the blanks and stuff like that. Uh, you get an awesome, uh, uh, a snowmobile chase. You don't get that a whole lot. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think snowmobiles will just explode into a burst of flames when driving over a tractor trailer on a highway, uh, mm-hmm. when it's shot at a little bit, but who cares? Because the, and this was also the first time now, and now it's like a given where John McClane is like this invincible Terminator. Th- this is where it really started getting out of hand where his, he was obviously human in the first film. And now he's just, uh, impenetrable like he could just he's like daredevil where he just like takes a complete beating throughout but he just keeps coming back for more right um oh but going back to that last shot uh, i i read it was the first digitally painted matte shot in uh cinema history oh yeah uh there was also a lot of matte work with die hard the first one was one of the first times they used like a large matte uh for the cityscape um but yeah, the the final scene at the airport when the camera uh, pulls used, back uh, and reveals not in it. cinema in that in a Die Hard movie because tons of movies use matte work before Die Hard. No, no, no. Uh, I there's a specific technique that they used was oh. first used in in Die Hard. Oh, okay. And then Die Hard Two was the first uh, digitally painted matte. Because um, all of all the Dana Barrett's apartment building was matte paintings. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but it, there was. Uh, we talked about this when we talked about Die Hard. I remember that was something very specific that they did. I could look it up. Or you can go back and listen to old episodes of the Rad Years podcast. And yeah, all available on about it there. online um, at radyears.com. Rate and review us on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher, wherever you listen. Uh, oh, you also had uh, T-1000 was in this. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Robert Patrick uh, made a... Made an appearance before he blew up. He was one of he was one of the terrorists um, on the uh, in the annex that ambushed the SWAT team. Okay, uh, I think he was on. Oh yeah, he was the guy that they actually talked to. I think uh, when uh, he turns around and he he fires the first shot. I'm pretty sure that was him. Uh, and then. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Chief O'Brien. They killed Chief O'Brien in this movie for all my Star Trek people. Uh, he was the pilot in the airplane that they intentionally crash, uh, which kind of freaked me out. I was ter- I, this movie kind of scared me because I I'm not the most uh, brave flyer in the world. Well, and yeah, neither is Enchantress. One but, minute you're up. Yeah. Oh, Clifford, what was that? Clifford Trading Places just started playing accidentally. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, uh, Die Hard, Die Harder, Die Hard 2, uh, doesn't necessarily live up to its, uh, uh, predecessor, but, uh, has a sweet spot, uh, for me just cause it was, it was my first Die Hard movie and it's still a Christmas movie. Uh, and, uh, also the video game and when you play the Die Hard trilogy video game on PlayStation, this Die Hard 2 is the rail shooter part. And to me, it's the best part of the game. <laughs> yeah, you you did mention that before. You did the PlayStation. Uh, it was one of your uh, your 
picks when we we put the PlayStation oh, One versus N64. when you kicked my ass because yes. I went I kind of went off like oddball stuff off the wall, and you just picked solid gold. I sure did. Fair enough. <laughs> um. All right, let's ready to move on to this. Okay, so what I'm about to play for you is not the real trailer for the movie. Someone reworked it into a horror trailer, but it almost works just as well for the movie. Just do those Get jelly on your jacket. Abby got jelly on her jacket. I did not. Oh, no. You're in a lot of trouble, Meepaw. One of these, Abby. To the moon. And she's still the prettiest girl in the whole world, isn't she, kid? Nice. I'm an angel. Dad, is there such a thing as an angel? Of course there is. Mom's sister isn't. One more person says anything about Christmas to me, I'm going to throw something at him. And the angels are everywhere. <laughs> so I couldn't find a true trailer for One Magic Christmas, the 1985 Disney bomb. I could understand why. I don't even know. I got to hang on. I got to start. One Magic? One Magic Christmas. It's got Christmas. Mary Steenburgen in it. Mm-hmm. We, I can, I heard, as soon as I heard her voice, I'm like, oh, I know who that is. We, my mom liked this movie so much. It is so depressing. It's basically a movie uh, that... That shows a woman losing her. She's like a big screwed. She's like a, a bitch. And they're down in their luck. And her husband gets shot. And their kids die in a lake. And she's got nothing until. Wait, what? Yeah. And then like her daughter. this movie? The guardian angel Gideon, this creep who's hanging around the daughter the whole movie, saves them and then takes the daughter to the North Pole. And Santa gives the daughter an old letter the mother wrote to Santa Claus to show her. And she finally believes. And then it gets lets her relive Christmas Eve again. No one dies and everything's good, and she finally gets to say Merry Christmas. But yeah, this movie, it came out in 1985, just like the Santa, Santa Claus the movie, and it scared the bejesus out of me. Oh, God, I hated this movie. So depressing. Nah, Gideon the Angel playing his harmonica. Oh, God. This movie's so 80s, too. She works in a grocery store. Uh but, uh, yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot to say. That's why I put it at the end. I just wanted to talk about One Magic Christmas. Cause One it, Magic Christmas? I've never heard of this. Oh, or... God. It was on Disney Channel all the time. My mom recorded it, and we watched it all the fucking time. It's so dark. It is very dark. Wow. The, the director, Philip Borsos, died at 41. Wow. Yeah. So. Oh, leukemia. No. Yeah. Sad. That was uh that was a fun look back at Christmas movies of our past, Squeezer. That was uh, a little dark. A little dark. Some of them were dark. Yeah. Uh, I just uh yeah. But it's rad years because you know in the eighties they put some yeah. dark shit out there. Were there were no fucks given in the eighties. They're like yeah. Christmas, bah humbug. Yeah, take this. So uh, next week, what do we got? You forgot, didn't you? I did. That's Christmas Memories Part 2. We're going to go back and talk about some actual memories, real-life memories from our Christmases that we have that we're going to share with you on next week's episode. Don't forget December... Are you playing poker with 
beer caps? Uh, I'm treating them like, yeah, I got so many stacked up on my desk here. <laughs> so uh, don't forget on December 1st to check out radiers.com for my first review of the 25 days of cereal. And I'm trying really hard to get a cereal from a company before it's released for the review. I can't promise I'll get it, but it would be the best Christmas present ever uh, post if you're listening. I'm they, trying real hard. I'm trying real hard. What's your name? Pumpkin Buttercup? What's her name? Oh, what does he call them? Anybody? No, no, but what uh, is... Uh, 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 oh, we ruined the Pulp Fiction joke. I'm trying real hard to be a good guy. I'm trying real hard to get this company to give me cereal to review before it comes out. Uh, but uh, in the meantime... Rolling. Yeah. Why don't you like and review us, even though we can't remember quotes from Pulp Fiction really well. Uh, and we'll be back next week with more Christmas memories. And maybe I'll Christmas up the theme song a bit. Oh, all right. I did for Halloween. You got another another show coming up where you can multitask? Yeah, I think so. I think tomorrow night. I have, I have one on Friday where I really am going to be paying attention. Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. That's my second oh. name drop of the show, and it's my last because it's over. I worked Engelbert Humperdinck once. <laughs> How about that? Fly with me, lesbian seagull. He did a song on Beavis and Butter Do America. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. All right. That is a kind of a cool name drop. I'll yeah. give him that. All right. Uh, and he's really proud of that. His tour manager told me that. Like He's not embarrassed at all. So good for him. But uh, we're almost out of theme song, so we got to go. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See you next week.